Welcome to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Each weekday, Dr. Crisp will be discussing biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Tune in daily to start your day right and deepen your understanding of how to better walk the way and enjoy the journey. Here's your host, Dr. Tony Crisp. Welcome to On the Way. This is Tony Crisp, and this is the 365 Bible Reading Plan. Today is September the 19th, and our chapter for today is the book of Romans, chapter 1. What an exciting book. I cannot wait for all of us to walk through these pages together. All I'll be able to do each day is just give you highlights of the various chapters. As you know, Volume after volume has been written on every chapter of this blessed book. It is no doubt the magnum opus of the Apostle Paul. It is his great work. It is his most theological, no doubt, because it deals with the age-old question, how can a man be made right with God? How does a man get right with God? How is it that God has a relationship with sinful man? Well, the book of Romans answers that, and we're going to go through just about the first five to seven verses of Romans 1 today, and I will continue with Romans 1 tomorrow and catch up as we go through because there's so much I have to do to just introduce you to this wonderful book, the book of Romans. Down through the annals of Christian history, God has used this book to change the lives of so many that are household names, Martin Luther, John Wesley, Charles Spurgeon, on and on and on we could go, that hung their hats, so to speak, on this blessed book. Well, let's look first of all at when it was written. I believe, without going into a lot of detail that I cannot do on this podcast, that the book of Romans was more than likely written from the city of Corinth and that it was written more than likely about 10 years before Paul died in Rome. There is little doubt in my mind that somewhere around 56, 57, the Apostle Paul wrote this letter to the Roman church. Now, there may have been some disharmony in the church. I get that from chapter 14, 15, just a couple of places. But I believe it was a theological treatise that the Apostle Paul wanted to make sure that the people in Rome in that capital city were grounded in the truth of God's word. And so the Apostle Paul wrote a very analytical, methodical treatise of salvation. That is how a man is saved, how a man is redeemed, how a man is made right with God. And so the book is broken down into three parts. And by the way, all of Paul's letters that are not personal are broken down this way. For instance, First and Second Corinthians are not broken down this way because First Corinthians was to answer questions that the church at Corinth wrote to him. That's First Corinthians. And so after his introductory remarks in First Corinthians, we'll see that it is a series of questions that he answered. Second Corinthians is to encourage the people because they were so discouraged after Paul corresponded back and forth with them with First Corinthians and then perhaps a letter, a sorrowful letter in between. Then uh, Timothy 
Both letters to him were personal, Philemon, Titus, and so forth. All to say, but when you read Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, when you read the book of Romans, these were letters that were written to churches or an area of churches. They were either like the book of Ephesians, a cyclical letter, perhaps Colossians the same way, a cyclical letter. That is, they were written to a series of churches in the area. They would just fill in their name at the place. I believe that's probably what the book of Ephesians was. But we'll cover that when we get there. But in all of those letters that I just named, that is Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, and Romans, which were treaties written to churches, the Apostle Paul follows a rabbinical style of writing. That is, he sets forth a basis for all the actions he's going to call for. In all of Paul's letters to the churches, besides those I named as exceptions, you have a style of a rabbi. That is, he lays down what God has done for man. In the case of Paul's letters, it was all that Christ has done for us, all that God has done for us through Messiah, through the Christos, the anointed one. It is what I would call a doctrinal basis for what else he's going to say. So Paul lays down in chapters 1 through 8 of Romans a doctrinal basis for all that he's going to deal with in chapters 9, 10, 11, and then the last section, 12, 13, 14, 15, and 16. So in other words, Paul lays down the basis of how man is made right with God, our standing before God, why we have standing before God, how we have standing before God, and all that entails. In other words, the doctrine of salvation, of sin, of righteousness, of judgment, all of that in the first eight chapters. And then in chapters 9, 10, and 11, he lays out the relationship between the church and Israel. It's critical that we understand that if we're going to understand the New Testament and understand our relation to biblical prophecy. And sometimes this is called dispensational or epical truth. That is how God deals with Israel, how God deals with the church, and how they relate to each other. Romans 9, 10, 11 deal with the dispensational aspects. Now you say, well, is that just in Romans? No. Paul follows this pattern. In other words, there are three parts to Ephesians, Philippians, and Colossians that fall into this same categorization. The first eight chapters of Roman deal with doctrinal issues. 9, 10, 11, the second section of Romans deals with dispensational truth, the relationship between Israel and the church. And then chapters 12 through 16 in Romans Chapters 5 and 6, for instance, in Ephesians, deal with practical matters, with our duty on the basis of what God has done for us in Christ and on our relationship between Israel and the church and how we operate in this present 2,000-year period in which we've already lived. So I divide Romans up into three sections. You have the doctrinal section in Romans 1 through 8. You have the dispensational aspects of Romans in 9, 10, 11. And then the third part, dealing with duty or practical application of the first two parts in Romans 12 through 16. 
And as you read through this, you're going to see that, again, Paul answers the age-old question, how is a man who is a sinner made right with God? And so this is why it was so important in the Middle Ages during that Renaissance period when man began to have a material printed after the printing press. The Bible was printed and people learned to read and we came out of the dark ages when only the clergy knew how to read. Things were printed in the languages of the people, i.e. in English and other languages. Men and women began to read and as they began to read the Bible, they began to see that what they had been taught by the Orthodox Church, the Byzantine Church, the Catholic Church, etc., were not what the Scriptures were teaching. And so, therefore, the Renaissance brought about then what was called the Reformation, the Reformation of the Church. But it was not just the Reformation of the Church, the Church being Reformed, that is, the Roman Catholic and Anglican and Byzantine Church being Reformed for many separatists, those that were my spiritual forefathers, they didn't go back just a few years or back a hundred years or 200 or 300. They wanted to go all the way back to the New Testament era, to the original primary source material, which is the Word of God, the Greek New Testament. And it is there that they took the book of Romans more than any other to show how a man was made right with God, and that is by trusting Jesus alone to save him. By repentance of his sins, his thinking, his actions, his deeds, his heart, by repenting of that and placing his faith in Jesus. Jesus Christ. Now, this is the heart of the book of Romans. And so as we begin to go through this, which tomorrow we will start with chapter one and go all the way through, and we'll try to catch up some along the way to where we will all end the book of Romans together because we're going through 15 chapters of the book of Romans and then jumping to 1 Corinthians since chapter 16 is primarily dealing with benedictions and greetings to those and Rome. And so we're going to go through 15 chapters and we are going to be amazed at what God is going to do in our lives as we read through these blessed chapters together. So enjoy the journey and tell others about it and get other people involved. I just had someone that said to me, we are now reading as a family, starting in the book of Genesis. This was just in August. We started in the book of Genesis, and we're going to go all the way through day by day as we go through. So wherever you start, whenever you start, the main thing is that you start. Read the Word of God. Read the Bible every day. Form the habit of getting in the book of God. For On the Way, this is Tony Crisp. Thanks for listening to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Tune in every weekday for information on biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Fridays are for your questions. Email your questions to questions at TonyCrisp.org. Then just listen for your question to be answered on Friday's podcast. That's questions at TonyCRISP.org. Thanks for listening and have a blessed day on the way.